and the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Mark chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dowd. And I'm Ashley Danner. And I'm Kristen Steve. And this is Off Script, a weekly podcast, resuming our weekly podcasting, Woo-hoo. that digs deeper into the Sunday sermon, discusses the theology behind it, and goes beyond the pulpit. And uh, we're stoked for a new season. Yes, brand new season here. Indeed. So last year, we tried to do a, a podcast per uh, series. Mm-hmm. And that was great, but the problem is it's not like, necessarily once a month and mm-hmm. sometimes it gets confusing on the release schedule so we decided to go back to our weekly uh show just make it easier and easier for you more fun for us <laughs> exactly and uh Kristen is taking reagan's spot mm-hmm. yes Kristen is about to get commissioned as a uh i guess provisional member Yes. Uh, and on the elder track, I think is specifically the way to say that. Right. Yes. I'm very excited this June and I'll graduate from Perkins in May. Exactly. So big things coming Mother's up this Day summer. Mother's Day weekend, I believe. Yes. It's May 11th. Okay. Excellent. Yes. Girl boss. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> and Ashley's going to be more on mic this year. I missed it. She has a lot of good stuff to offer and she's it. a great conversation partner. Thanks. And so we're stoked. So uh, we are doing this uh, episode of the mm-hmm, new season mm-hmm. um, with Lent. So Lent one was last Sunday. We had a lot of good stuff going on. We had our first, I don't really, Shrove Tuesday. I think I feel like we should call it Shrove mm-hmm. Tuesday. Shrove Tuesday. Do you mm-hmm. want to explain what Shrove means? Yeah. I guess it's fat in French. Oh. <laughs> oh, I well, don't know. <laughs> that's pretty fancy. I don't know. If it I don't is. know. It's very commonly referred to as Fat Tuesday because you eat all the stuff you can't eat mm-hmm. during Lent. Yeah. Right? And most people give up, you know. Dairy and cheese and that kind of thing. So, or it's not most people, day. but in some traditions. Anyway, so we had a pancake dinner uh, served by our Serving Others Ministries, raised money for their work, which is fantastic. The next day, we had our Ash Wednesday services, 6 p.m. with the children, Woo-woo. 7 p.m. in the sanctuary. And it was great. And then Sunday was uh, the first Sunday in the season of Lent. Aha. Uh-huh. Because, of, of course, it's not the first Sunday of Lent because there are no Sundays of Lent because mm-hmm. Sundays don't are not part of the 40 days of Lent. Yeah, I did look up an interesting fact, though, that in the Eastern Orthodox churches, they do count. Yeah, they're, well, you know what else they do? It's no dairy, no meat for all of Lent. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. so they call, in, Rus- in the Russian Orthodox Church, the Tuesday, Fat Tuesday mm-hmm. is called Maslanitsa, which literally means butter feast, because you eat <laughs> all the stuff from your, like anything that you can't eat for the next 46 <laughs> days, you cook it up. It is, uh, it's an amazing feast is the right word. I'm going to put that down for advertisement next year. You think butter feast (laughs) is much better (laughs) than fat tasting. (laughs) And maybe we could do like. Like butter mold contests? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Like the giant butter cow from the, from the. Maybe we could sculpt one in John Wesley's image. (gasps) He would love that. He would. Or in, uh, with Jesus and the devil in the wilderness. How about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Jesus has got like a no, like a no finger <laughs> exactly, at, yes, at the exactly. devil. He's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so I ha- I Googled it, by the way. And Shrove um, is the past tense of Shreve. Okay. <laughs> which uh, of a priest is to hear the confession of, assign penance to, and absolve someone. Oh. 
That's wah, wah. Fat Tuesday is probably better than I guess so. Or Mardi Gras. Can we call it Mardi Gras? Yeah, we can. Okay. Yeah, that was great. Feast, we had a great time, Tuesday. too. The families were out. It was a good turnout. Yeah, we had a really, really good time. Yeah, so. it, was, it was a party. Yeah. So save, your, uh, save the date for next year. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not the same day every year. No, because Extra early this that's year. <laughs> also the interesting thing about Easter is yeah. it is not like Christmas. It is not. They follow a different calendar. We do. Easter is the first Sunday after uh, the first full moon uh, after the March. Is the equinox? Like, what is the? Yeah, it's the vernal equinox, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. The vernal one. Mm-hmm. Yes. The vernal. Vern's, Vern's equinox. <laughs> yeah, you know that one. <laughs> That's awesome. I love a moon calendar. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, the only the only one we do like that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I got I deep no into facts idea. about Easter. Yeah. So I mean, you know, Passover can be any day, but the church it was like in the um, there was a some kind of controversy. There were many controversies in the history of the church, and <laughs> yes. this one was about uh, whether or not Easter should be celebrated on Sunday because for for a while it, it was tagged to the Passover calendar because mm. you know the church and the like we were part of the, the synagogue right. in the right. early years. <clears throat> so when they decided to separate it, then we did follow the lunar calendar. Now, the um, Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox churches follow the old calendar. Yes, the yeah. Julian, right? right. Exactly. Yes. And so theirs is almost always pretty different than ours. Yes, because apparently we got updated moon information. <laughs> you know that that was very cutting. That's very cutting edge of us as the church to accept new astrology. Yeah, so. it was like in the 1500s too. Nobody had to be burned at the stake. And I'm not we... sure that's true. Somebody may have been. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Um, I did have a question from the audience. Okay. Um, so you mentioned in your sermon that Lent predates Christmas. Yes. What is the relationship like with Lent and Easter? So Easter was always the first thing we celebrated, mm-hmm. always. Every Sunday became a celebrate, uh, like a mini celebration of that day. But then um, none, of the, none of the official calendar of the church really was set until after it became legal to practice Christianity. So the Council of Nicaea in 325 was after the Edict of Toleration by Constantine, and they had to set down some specific dates that in many cases had already been celebrated for a while um but christmas you know it was epiphany first epiphany was the big the big oh, right yeah so easter was obviously number one for yes. obvious reasons lent was pretty soon after that but um what happened uh before everything became codified at the councils in the fourth century is that um the like people in the church church leaders and then the church broadly speaking celebrated 40 days in the wilderness after the epiphany which ended up being pretty closely tied to when uh, Easter would officially fall. Mm. So Christmas was a later uh, celebration. We, ca- we, you know, I mean, I'm sure you know we co-opted some old pagan rituals mm-hmm. uh, to replace, you know, stuff that's not really healthy. <laughs> we, we didn't think was healthy in the Roman Empire. So, but it's always fascinated me that Lent officially predates Christmas. Yeah. Not in my heart, mind you. Mm. Oh, sure. <laughs> but uh, but on the Christ- on the church calendar. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you aren't with Grumpy Cat. That Lent <laughs> is, is not, the, the best time of year. It's not the most wonderful time No. Of I mean, I think only Grumpy Cat means <laughs> support this. <laughs> the thing I didn't think about was uh, memes don't really, don't really um, translate that well when people are listening to the sermon on podcasts. So. <laughs> <laughs> we mean, might need some show notes. We can put them in the show notes. <laughs> 
there are a couple of these memes that deserve to be in show notes. Yes. So you got down a Lent meme hole, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So uh, well, Whitney, my, my bride, who, you know, listens to every sermon ahead of time, typically... Uh, let's just say Lent is not the most wonderful time of the year for her because it gets it's more you know it's more mm-hmm. serious and the mm-hmm. music's more serious and we're leading to the cross which is you know a tough part of the story and so she appreciated the fact that I was leading with a little bit of humor mm-hmm. yeah and she was at the eight forty five on Sunday because Max was playing uh, French horn at all three services and Sam's little brother had a scrimmage a baseball scrimmage so they came to the early service and she was laughing out loud mm-hmm. and giving me like visible feedback on the memes. 9.45 took a little bit of a dip. <laughs> <laughs> didn't quite get them. <laughs> Not quite. And then um, the 11 o'clock was a little bit better. But I had a grumpy cat meme. Yes, I had did. a Hermione meme. And that's the whole Wingardium Leviosa. Yeah. 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 I'm and convinced that these things like fashion will eventually reach <laughs> those who were not reached on Sunday. I think Especially so because a lot of Facebook users are in the audience, and so it'll get there. <laughs> they needed a moment to ponder. Yeah. It's, <laughs> maybe they were too sophisticated? Maybe. Somebody came up after the 845 and said, I don't understand why the cat one was funny. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you've just missed the boat on Grumpy Cat. Were they then. a grumpy person themselves? No, no, no. So a, lov- a lovely person. Maybe they're too person, joyful. But not in the target demographic for memes, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will we see more memes <laughs> during <laughs> Lent? I, I, I pondered it, having it be a running bit, you know, just <laughs> put one up every so- yeah. but, uh, but uh, probably not. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe check out Facebook. I was, was going <laughs> to say. We'd like more. Great, great, great joke for Instagram. <laughs> We'll definitely bring it bring it back to life there. Yes. Uh, the, the one that got the biggest laugh, though, was the joke about St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Oh, Which, ironically, yes. was Patrick Stewart. You know, yeah. yeah. Right? Didn't know what, what, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Would yeah. you like to share that one? <laughs> yeah, he said, uh, who's the genius who put St. Patrick's Day in the season of Lent? Yeah, that was a, that's a solid point. It's solid. I and, mean. And then the whole thing with the fish sandwiches, that was a callback to, I've made a big stink out of the stupid filet of fish for a couple times now. Yes. Once in a sermon, then once in a column. And I get lots of feedback because plenty of people, I mean, there's a a very small demographic of people who love the filet of fish but they're vocal about it. That was my question, yeah. was why do you hate filet of fish okay. sandwiches so, so much? So, do you, want, do you seriously want the story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my mother was here on Sunday and she feels bad every time I tell the story. <laughs> I, I despise fish sticks, by the way. I If it's the last thing on earth, I will not eat it. I will go be with Jesus. I will wow. not eat fish sticks. I despise them. That's fair. Strong, right? Mm-hmm. So it was uh, the spring break uh-huh. when I was like, I don't know, 10, 11, something like that. And we had family coming down. And uh, whenever we were living in Maryland, they came to visit, you know, museums or whatever. <clears throat> so we had the cousins and we all went out. Like we were in D.C. all day. So we stopped at McDonald's for lunch. And the cousins all go over and sit down. And my and the adults, you know, get the old styrofoam. I mean, it was a long time ago. Styrofoam yeah. openers mm-hmm. or little cases or what do you call those things? Like a styrofoam Packaging. clam, like, yeah, yeah. A, like, like the clam yeah, shell yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the to go. So they, we're all just yucking it up. You know, we've had a great time. We love hanging out with our cousins. And she walks over from the mom I'm talking about walks over from the, the counter with the tray, mm-hmm. 
and sets down the stinking fillet of fish. And that's when it dawned on us that it was a Friday. Oh no! I mean, we, we didn't. We didn't. We hardly ever went out to eat when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we, we were eat at home kind of family. So when we did go out, it was a big deal. And you got quarter pounder with cheese, and you got fries, and maybe mm-hmm. even ice cream cone. It was awesome. But no. So your expectations of yeah. what was going to happen. Yeah. At this meal. And then I choked it down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was. It was just like a giant fish stick on a bun. I'm mm-hmm. out. It's pretty terrible. It's very terrible. It yes. is. Yes. I'm not story. a fan. Are you a fan of the fillet? Um, no. I. Um, <laughs> How about the McRib? You know, I was. I can eat a McRib. You can eat a McRib. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering. There's a fair amount of fat in a McRib. They are. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And there's sauce. <laughs> and the sauce helps cover the it. Sauce. Yeah. Both fall under the category of meat that's been through a blender and then put into a different <laughs> shape. For sure. Um, <laughs> but I can eat some chicken nuggets, too. Especially yeah. in the shape of dinosaurs. In any, any shape. Yeah. yeah. With the sauce. Yeah. I do some Tyson. I You know, I've, I've done my time with Tyson chicken nuggets, for <laughs> sure. As a family who's related to people who, like, grow the chicken. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Tyson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could never speak against them. <laughs> no. But I do enjoy now the Costco whole chicken nuggets that are not... Yeah. Uh, mold meat <laughs> that's solid <laughs> that. we, were, we were in florida on vacation one year and like in the summer and we drove through mcdonald's because we had gotten in late or whatever and my father-in-law ordered a filet of fish and i'm like just for fun yeah. like just I, what are you doing he's like what do you mean i said why are you getting it is it's not even lint does it even serve those right now you don't have to yeah no, he, he ate it by choice so there there definitely has a market mm-hmm. yeah well especially yeah it, because if you're catholic then oh, so, yeah. in Lent, 100%. Ash Wednesday I mean, it was, and Fridays. It was a, yes, it was a genius move, especially yes. up like in the Midwest, you know, where like there's the like the Catholic population in Indiana is off the charts. Mm-hmm. So right. You got a built-in built-in customer base on Absolutely. Fridays during mm-hmm. Lent. Yeah. But here in the United Methodist Church, we do not practice abstaining from meats or dairies. We do not. We we barely just started celebrating Lent. That's what going to be my question. Yeah, like How a, long like, have us as United Methodists been uh, observing Lent? I mean, I think um, like in the seventies. Okay. Mm. And even then, you know, it took a while. So. Yeah my my dad was United Methodist growing up, and when I told him we were doing Ash Wednesday, he's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I did not always. know that because I grew up non-denominational, and it was only about five to six years ago that their church my parents called me and said our pastor is doing this old thing (laughs) it's lent (laughs) and i was like oh you're doing lent okay that's cool and they were like "Mm, okay well they just they don't know what to do with it there it's when you haven't done lent yeah the intentional uh sad feels uh i wouldn't I w- that is sad is the perception, mm-hmm. but I think it's more of a um, uh, reflective. Mm-hmm. That's a better way to put that. Mm-hmm. Yes, because it's um, it's almost a time of, well, why don't we dig into our series? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. What are we focused on this Lent series? This particular Lent. Yes. So um, the title, courtesy of our communications department, small choices change everything. So we, you know, last year we did the Ten Commandments during Lent. Um, this year we're talking about how, as a as a spiritual practice, like because we're the whole point is to is to spiritually prepare for Lent. 
I mean, for Easter. So, uh, like, the power of the choices that we make shape who we are. Mm-hmm. And so we're connecting that to the, the practice of, of prayer. So every week we're going to say, like, if, like for instance, week one was uh, saying yes to God or saying yes to Christ, and that's based on that's the, the text that we read is about that, really. Um, and so we talked about how uh, one prayer, if we're going to say yes, especially the big things, is a prayer for willingness. Mm-hmm. And I, I got really good feedback on that. This coming week, uh, we're going to be talking about how we choose God in the midst of suffering. Mm-hmm. And the prayer will be about a prayer for hope. And mm-hmm. so every week we're going to do something something like that. That's awesome. Yeah. So this week we focused on willingness and yeah. our choice to say yes. Yes. What's the scariest thing God has asked you to say yes to? <laughs> uh, well, um, I mean, answering a call to ministry is a big one. But before that, it was stopping drinking. I mean, that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. And that was 24 years ago yesterday, actually. Wow. So, um, you know, like I, I grew up in a culture that that was just part of the deal. Yeah. Family-wise, college-wise, oh, my God, Navy-wise. Sure. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at some point it became a problem. And so um, it became pretty clear um, with the help of the people who were closest to me and a therapist who could read behavior that that was going to need to stop. And so um, it took a while. It took a few months for me to be convinced of that. Mm -hmm. But once I did um, and like and choosing like the time when I became aware of the problem and decided like the in between then and when I actually stopped drinking, that was all about fear. Mm. Right. <laughs> like, how do I watch a Notre Dame game without a few Guinness? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I interact in any social situation without something? Mm-hmm. How do I exist in the family without? So um, it, that was the big one. And then that's that was right about the same time we found the United Methodist Church, and and so the message of kind of grace and healing and wholeness that I was hearing in the church matched this other, the other areas of my life. And that eventually led to the call toward a ministry, which was also insane. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like I was out of left field and not anything that I ever would have considered before then. Mm. And I, and I think I said in the sermon, you know, sometimes the, the things that we need to do are obvious and we just have to get it done. Like, you know, if there's like, if we're being super short with our family or, you know, we need to be more patient with our kids or whatever. I mean, that's obvious. And so most, most people don't run away from that kind of thing. It's just a matter of being intentional about making that choice. But then there's the things that are, um, that are really big, like the two I just mentioned. And so, um, I think the Holy spirit is kind of persistent on that. I think the Holy spirit most often speaks to us through other people. And, and then sometimes you just get that conviction like the whole John Wesley, my heart was strangely warmed thing, uh, which is the call. My call to ordained ministry was similar to that. So, um, but sometimes it's like I need to get more involved in church. Like there's this gap in my life and I, I need to fill it with something healthier than, you know, reading the newspaper and drinking coffee on Sunday morning. Like I've got a, a gap in my, uh, just experience of life or I'm going to church, but I really need a, a small group. Right. Like Sunday school or whatever. Um, and then sometimes they're like, you know, I mean, there's a whole long list of things. I, I, I listed a bunch. You, know? you did. Yeah. You did. You listed uh, new spiritual discipline, new active service, involved in a cause, support a nonprofit, 
change your own behavior. Right. And I think those are all um, a really good list of small and big changes mm -hmm. that we're each seeking to make. I know you had a, I mean, like you're closing the chapter in the beginning of a journey in response to a yes that you. Yes. And it's really interesting because just reflecting upon, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm in a wilderness, mm -hmm. but I would, I was thinking about how it's a little bit of a wilderness experience being in seminary and on this journey because um, my goal isn't to stay here, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm looking eventually to move out of this. And so it's been um, three years of learning and really growing. And it was a very, very scary yes <laughs> mm -hmm. very scary yes right. that i ran from for about a year mm -hmm. and i think it was really only because the pandemic um helped things outside of my life mm -hmm. get so quiet that i couldn't help but hear the holy spirit better mm -hmm. and then it was it was affirmation by you chris it was affirmation by a lot of people where i've learned your call story is not only something that you feel but it's also something that's affirmed by those mm -hmm. around you and so that helped me say yes to God, but it's been, it's been a joyful, purposeful and scary experience <laughs> right? for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. And not just for you, for Trent also, probably not the girls. They're probably not quite aware of it, but, um, I think they, they, when people say this time has gone fast, um, outside of my family, I would say my girls would say different, <laughs> um, but they have been, I just had a, I have two girls. I have Lila who just turned 10 and Nora, who's a first grader and they are amazing. And I was just at a parent teacher conference with Nora's teacher, my first grader. And as we were leaving, Nora's teacher goes, congratulations. And I go, why? She goes, Nora has been sharing your experience at oh, circle wow. time every morning. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So That's she's awesome. like, we knew you were, you became a, you're going to be a pastor this mm -hmm. summer. So, um, it's scary sometimes when you know your choice is going to affect your family. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been intentional on bringing my family along this journey with me. Mm -hmm. I was going to say your girls are crazy proud of you. No, oh. they're crazy proud of her. <laughs> they're awesome. Mm -hmm. I love them so much. Yeah. Ashley, what about you? Have you had heard God's call to say so yes on some scary things in your life? Yeah, I, I um, nothing that feels in this moment to carry as much gravity as the stuff y'all are describing. Um, but my, um, my journey out of kind of advertising and my, uh, dream of being the pencil skirt mad men girl that I worked really hard to get to here in the Dallas advertising scene. Um, the Methodist church kind of showed up for me in the middle of that and became more important than chasing the, um, what I now kind of feel like was a little bit of a toxic, mm. uh, dream that would have not fed me the way that my career path through, um, ministry communications has fed me. Mm. Um, it, I went from a career that was taking and asking a lot of me to a career that was asking a lot of me enable enabling myself to give to others rather than um I don't know I understand <laughs> I went there yeah yeah I understand what you're saying it feels so much more rewarding and different and I would have never met my husband I would have never um made the amazing friends that I have today and mm -hmm. been a part of some really cool really big amazing stories that God's played out mm -hmm. in Dallas um 
So that, that feels that, that was really big to me at the time. That was really big. But yeah. 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 That doesn't sound less significant than what we're talking about. (laughs) I don't know. We're all talking about our vocation. I think y'all are, I think y'all and your call stories are so amazing and just not to pedestalize either of you, but, um, I don't know. I just, I think y'all are really awesome in the decisions that y'all have both made in your lives. And I got to meet Kristen in a different space. Yes. Ashley and I have worked together for seven years now, I believe. Yes. And, um, we were in the communications department together and she was a communications director and we, uh, I mean, we've always loved working together, but, um, it was just, I got to be front and center (laughs) for your butterfly like transformation mm-hmm. into where you are right now and I don't know your girls are proud of you but all your friends are proud of you too oh it's well just awesome. thank you and I think that's what I would also say for like the making it easier to say yes is having the support of the church mm-hmm. I agree with that and I think that um even if you're not talking about like a career change or whatever mm-hmm. there there are things that God calls all of us to and um like the the power of investing in a Sunday school class or a small group Mm -hmm. is really the same thing. I mean, because you end up um, like self-selecting into your group that's going to be there when, when tragedy happens and it's going to be there to celebrate when you have, you know, your next big thing, if it's kids or whatever. Um, It can be that same kind of thing. If you're investing in in serving others ministries, it could be the same thing. If you decide to help volunteer on a Sunday morning in the church, obviously I'm talking about everything church related, but then, there could also be um, significant decisions that God's calling you to with regard to where you live and as you're like, do you need to be closer to your parents who are aging or, or whatever, whatever it is. And if you're intentionally listening for where God's calling you, or at least are making yourself open to it during your daily routine, whatever it is, devotional wise, then God has the, I mean, uh, there's your relationship with God has the power to change your life in that very direct way Mm -hmm. and the opening uh chapters or chapter of the of the gospel of mark is that like it's one thing after another like he's baptized and god claims him um he goes out in the wilderness and uh walks away from the temptations of satan he goes and and preaches to repent and believe the gospel and people do he walks up to random people he's never met before fishing in their boats and says, follow me. And they drop their, their nets and go. So there's a, there's an example in the gospel for us all, I think. And Mm -hmm. um, anyway, that's, that's part of why we chose that chapter for Mark. Why do you think Mark emphasizes the sense of urgency that the other gospels don't have as much? Yeah. So in like, theologically speaking, Mark is very interested in uh, the cross. Like he's very interested in how, like the redemptive suffering of the cross. Mm. And that's because he's writing to a, he's probably writing to a community that's been persecuted under, under Nero. I mean, most scholars believe that this is written in the late sixties to a community that suffered in some way for their faith. And so <laughs> when you read it, um, it's, it's short, it's only 16 chapters long and the turn to Holy Week begins in like the 10th chapter. Right. So it's, it's a, the majority of the gospel is about that final week and the impact of that final week. So it's got kind of an extended intro to that, but that intro, that extended intro is not all that long. And so it's uh, quickly told, I I talked about the sense of urgency that you clearly get when you're reading it. Um, 
immediately the next thing happens and immediately the next thing happens and immediately the next thing happens. And in the gospel, uh, he is much more interested in, in exhibiting works of like power, like healing and uh, conquering the evil powers of the world, like exorcisms specifically show up pretty prominently and much less on the teaching. So in Matthew, you've got mm-hmm. five extended teaching discourses. Mm. Eight, I mean, he's teaching all the time. And there's the miracles and stuff are mixed in there, but the focus is on the teaching. In John, <laughs> he's got these extended, very deep theological monologues throughout, and everything's centered around these one-on-one encounters between him, between Jesus and, and one other person. And then in Luke, it's very much about reaching out to the people on the margins, and the, the storytelling in Luke is a key part of his uh, the way he explains the gospel, or explains the good news. So Mark is just about something different. And I, four different Gospels t- telling four very different versions of the story mm-hmm. is a powerful thing. And I made the point in the sermon that we you got to give the church credit for that. I mean, yeah. these days people read that there was a Gospel of Mary Magdalene and a Gospel of Peter and a Gospel of Judas and a Gospel of Thomas, and they get this suspicious mm-hmm. sense that mm-hmm. the church is hiding something. Right. When in fact we're not, the church is not hiding anything. The church gives us four very different views of who Jesus was because it doesn't, it's not important to have biography in the sense, like a biography in, in the modern world is as factually as possible and as thoroughly as possible you tell the story of a person's life. This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this led to this, this led to this. And that's not what the gospels are doing at all. They're selecting stories that make the theological point that they're trying to emphasize. Mm. And so they'll, you know, they give us the basics. They'll give, they'll tell us about his baptism. They'll tell us about um, some of the teaching. They'll tell us about his conflict with the powers that be. They'll tell us about his arrest uh, and his ex- execution, and obviously about his resurrection. But beyond those kind of bare details, there's a lot more you can tell. Right. And, and like John says, Jesus did lots more. Like we could fill the the world couldn't hold all the books we could write about what Jesus has done. And he's talking about in all of our lives mm-hmm. still today. Mm-hmm. What I've done here is give you the stories that can help you come to believe. And I love that kind of honesty. I do too. We both talked about how we loved that quote that you had from your um, oh, yeah. sermon. It was the gospel, while of course containing biographical information about Jesus are not intended to be biography in our modern sense of the word. Mm-hmm. And so we really appreciated you talking about the gray because yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand that it's okay to live in that gray. <laughs> That's where we all live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is why Methodists are not fundamentalists. Mm-hmm. And this is why when a social issue comes up, like we don't have an open and shut case on, on most things. I mean, is the, the open and shut case is... Um, is a, a limited one. God loves us unconditionally. God calls us into a relationship. Jesus is the savior of the world. What about abortion? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, pull up a chair. <laughs> There's a lot to talk through there. What about gun violence? Oh, okay. Uh, well, let's start with the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love the fact that the Methodist church has always um, been a place where Methodists, regardless of if you have a reverend in front of your name or not, are invited to engage these texts and figure out for ourselves how God might be calling us to to live in the world. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I heard, I think it was you explained what we call the quadrilateral, Mm -hmm. which is how United Methodists read the Bible. 
um, it was like an aha for me mm. where it was what I felt I was always wanting to do, but never knew I was allowed to do. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Allowed and empowered yes. and, and encouraged. Mm-hmm. I felt so yeah. empowered mm-hmm. and it wasn't, yeah, like you said, I didn't feel like I had to have a rev because yep. I could use my experience. I could use my reason and tradition right. to beautifully look at how scripture is being shared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The way the, the articles of religion put it is that the Bible contains all things necessary for salvation. So first you have to ask yourself, what is necessary for salvation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the answer is pretty short, faith in Christ and then living accordingly. Right. Um, but then it contains a whole bunch of other stuff. And so what do you do with that whole bunch of other stuff? So after Easter, just uh, this is a tease, <laughs> our, our sermon series is about scripture. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like how, how do Methodists read the Bible? because it's going to be in the context of general conference where we're going to be making some decisions about social princ- social issues that, you know, a lot of people wrestle with. Um, and then I'm going to do in my between the lines spot. So four o'clock on Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. I'm going to do a five week series on issues. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> have we have a name yet for it. Uh, no, we don't, we don't have a name yet. But we've we're got issues. We've got issues. <laughs> we've, got issues. <laughs> we've got issues. We sure all do. Oh my gosh, do we ever? That's what they pay me for. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking about, seriously, talking about like uh, abortion slash mm-hmm. reproductive rights, depending on how you frame it. Mm-hmm. Gun violence, um, immigration policy, human sexuality. Like these things that are, um, I mean, there is nothing about immigration policy in the four gospels. Right. No. They, no, they did not see this The coming. nation state did not exist. Right. And so what is our policy to be? Um, uh, the question of abortion slash reproductive rights is more complicated than most people think in the mm-hmm. Bible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Obviously, there's nothing to be said, uh, nothing said there about gun violence. So the question is, uh, how do we think through it? And that, that uh, series is not going to be an attempt to convince anybody of anything. Mm-hmm. It's going to be getting people in the room who I personally know <laughs> are 180 mm-hmm. on many um, policy issues, but talking through how scripture informs our reflection on these things right. and how we're, how it's okay that we're in community with people we disagree with. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're better off that way, frankly, because we can learn from each other's um, sensitivities and, and concerns. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mentioned it to my between the lines class. Yeah. How'd they react? Uh, there's a lot of trust built up in that room yeah, right. over the past five years. Um, but they're looking at me like, really? You're going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how many people are interested in coming. Yeah. It sounds like you're going to provide them some tools, too, when they're yeah, that's the goal for sure. thinking about it and feeling empowered. Yeah. And I did promise them. Uh, in, in the social principles, it's 100%. 100% of us are going to have a problem with something. Absolutely. The kingdom of God is not an echo chamber. <laughs> the kingdom of God is most definitely not no, an echo chamber. That's exactly right. No. We're all beautiful and different. Mm-hmm. So over the next six weeks, we'll have lots and lots more to talk about Lent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We should just say here, in terms of a Lenten practice, there's a lot of things that people do during Lent. Mm-hmm. And not everybody does something for Lent, which is fine, of course, too. But if there are the, the whole the whole concept of repentance is is way better than most people think. So <laughs> repentance means turning back to God in the places where we need to, or having a kind of spiritual change of heart on things that we might need to. And it's very easy for for us to get uh, 
kind of caught up in day-to-day life and, and lose sight of certain things in our walk with Christ. And mm-hmm. so, you know, an addition, like if t- to add a Lenten practice is, is an option, mm-hmm. you know, Mark, it's Mark's year in the gospel, I mean, in the lectionary. So maybe just commit to read the gospel of Mark. It's 16 chapters, read half a chapter, you know, once a day or whatever. And if you mm-hmm. skip a day or two, no big deal. Cause you got plenty of days to get through it. Right. Mm-hmm. No shame there. No shame at all. Um, you could, you could give up something. I mean, I, I typically give up I've got a bad, bad sweet tooth. And so this is uh, <laughs> another one of the memes was the most interesting man in the world that said, uh, I don't always give up something for Lent, but when I do, it's for my diet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's like, is this for God or is this for you? Yeah, a little bit. For your health. The Lenten devotionals. Yes. Yours are exceptional, by the way. We're in your week right now. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Thank uh, you. So that's a good option. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it's, I think but during both Advent and Lent, I mean, I, it's easy for me to get distracted during Advent because of all the fun stuff. There's but a lot of hype. Really, both those seasons are intended to be preparations for our two for two of our three biggest feast days, Easter being one, Christmas being one, Pentecost being one. So, yeah, I'll say last year I did give up social media, mm. and it was so nice because previously mm. I'd never been able to because my job has always been surrounded by social media. Um, and I did allow myself to check in on Sundays because some people believe that you don't have to give up or um, it's excluded from being part of it. And I was able to catch up with everything I needed. And then the rest of my week, I usually spend that time opening the Bible app instead of my social media apps. Mm-hmm. And oh, I did yeah. feel closer to God, yeah. which was my goal. Yeah. 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 This year, um, I I found a really cool post on Instagram about um, – taking things up instead of letting things go when you feel like you just can't do one more thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the suggestions that it had that I really loved was not scrolling before bed. Oh, um, it just like, which I don't know about you, but I am 100% a doom scroller before bed. Uh (laughs) (laughs) It's not, it's Mm. not a great, not not a great practice for your brain. Mm. Lots of blue light stuff, you know, it's not great. So I've given that up. Um, another thing that I read though, was giving up excessive, um, negative self-talk. Yes. I have also heard that. Yes. Which I, I know is a hard thing to catch yourself doing before you're already Mm -hmm. doing it, but at least having this goal and reminder of like, no, I'm supposed to let myself off the hook Mm -hmm. during this season. I, God's asking me to help myself, let myself off the hook. But yeah, I don't know. Just thinking about how you can pick things up that help you be the best you can be that the, the most loved, um, nurtured version of yourself that God created you to be. Um, I just loved that yeah. as a thought too. Yeah. That's, that's good. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right. So everybody can be thinking about that. I mean, actually, I guess most people have already thought about it. So if you've got any questions or suggestions and you want to email one of us, we're all at cumc.com. Mm-hmm. Kristen with a K. Yes. And no H. No. K R I S T I N. Mm-hmm. Yes. L E Y, like God intended. For Ashley. A F H L E Y. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm Chris, obviously, at CMC.com. So awesome. Thank you both. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for being here. And we will be back next week for week two of our Linton sermon series. God bless.